Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Cary Brown building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia, it's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Slumber Party Massacre and Slumber Party Massacre 2. You'll never forget the Driller Killer. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast here. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Hey, you're back. I am back. You've been gone for a few. I have. I've been on hiatus, at least from this end of the microphone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The other end of the microphone has been very challenging (laughs) of late. Well, what, the last one we had a three three hosts with a call in via satellite, which was uh, fun to do. Yeah, that was fun is is an interesting word you might say. And, you know, speaking of a of equipment we ordered a brand new board mixing board yes and it was going to be glorious it was a couple of upgrade steps from the one we've been using the last few years more channels more features and all it was gonna it's really good rated board behringer mm-hmm. from that company or yep. behringer we got it in and we're real excited and we unwrapped it pulled it out of the box unwrapped it plugged it in cut it on and it showed that it was cut on and then there was no signal from the microphones Nothing. None of the jacks were were registering any signal to the board. Yep. And we checked it every way to Sunday, and it was like, man. So that's going being sent back, and we're getting replacement in. Dead on arrival. Yeah. Oh God, I hate when that happens. So you know, sad. That's that rarely happens, but I've had that happen before. I ordered something and brand new out of the box. It just doesn't work. Yeah. It's very sad. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Disappointing. So that's all right. We're using our our old trusty little board, yeah. And with the two of us, it does okay. So yeah, for here this we dog are. and pony show, anyway. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so now we'll open a Patreon account and uh, <laughs> try, to, try to pay for the new board. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Everybody else is doing it. Why not? Why not? Jeez, our hobby's getting expensive. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, this is fun and games. Yeah, yeah, we do this for the fun of it. But speaking of the fun of it... Now it's time for the fun part. These two movies, Slumber Party Massacre and Slumber Party Massacre 2, <laughs> two very different movies. No kidding. Both a lot of fun on their own on different levels. So Let's just talk. We'll talk about the first one. Yeah, let's just start there. And then we'll talk about the second one separately because they are two different movies. Very thinly connected, though. Now, the first one came out in 82, and it is a pretty much by-the-numbers, typical teen slasher movie. Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, this is the type of movie that when they parody and make fun of teen slasher movies... It's this. This is what they're making fun of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, by the book, completely. Yeah, it's... But that's, it's not bad. No. It's a, I mean, it's a low budget, and it's a Corman-produced picture, and it's... Like I said, it's not it's not bad. It, it's it's okay. It's a solid little slasher movie. Yeah, it's no great shakes. There's no master thespians in it. Uh. <laughs> no, it's it's very very thinly set up for plot. Really, I mean, well, it start it just gets going right from the get. Yeah, that, that's one of the big strengths of it. It is not a slow burn. It's not slow at any part of the movie. No, it's going. It you're, starts you're just from on the that get-go. train and riding. Yeah, as soon as the credits end, boom, you're into the movie and going. I think one of the first things you see is after the credits roll. I don't know if it's the does it start out showing the high school or showing the girl at home getting ready. Anyway, you see a newspaper somewhere 
it flops down. And I don't know if you're a radio voiceover later on, but it says... Oh, she's in bed. She's in bed. Yeah, and the radio. And the radio goes yeah. on. And it says something like, serial killer still on the loose from the asylum or what have you. Yeah. You know? So you're like, boom. There you go. There's your plot. <laughs> right there in the first seconds of the and movie. And you're done. Yeah. And then, of course, we follow. Yeah, she gets ready and goes to school. And we meet the other girls who are friends at school. The other characters we're introduced to. Boom. Very, Very quickly. quickly. <laughs> and within a couple of minutes, we get who's the cool characters, who's the asshole characters. Yep. The girls play in gym, and then the girls in the shower in the gym. Yep. Which is glorious. Yeah. I mean, you got you got to have... What did Corman say? Boobs, breasts, and blood for a good slasher <laughs> movie. <laughs> and speaking of, this was Brink Stevens. This was her first speaking role in a film. And she was such a little baby. Oh, she is adorable in this. Uh, she's still adorable to this day, but this, she's, yeah, she's such a baby in this. And I think she had two roles before this, and one was like an uncredited, you know, like mm -hmm. an extra kind of role. Oh, okay. But this was her first speaking role in a film, so might as well say this was her first movie. Yeah. In a long list of movies. Rob is a very, very big Brink fan. Oh, I love Brink to death. She is so cute. I remember the first film I think I saw her in may have been Nightmare Sisters, which is a god-awful film, but I love it. And I remember renting that from Errol's Video. Remember Errol's <laughs> yes, Video back Errol's in the day? Yes, I remember Errol's Video. And, and there's red cases. Uh-huh. There's big red cases. <laughs> With the and they foam. Slid, yeah, and they slid the tape in, the foam uh, from the bottom. But I remember I remember reading in a magazine, I think it was called Horror Fan, there was a really cool magazine, a uh, horror magazine back in the 80s there, about how that movie was made on leftover film stock and leftover budget from a previous film. Mm -hmm. And the director like wrote the script in three days, just to see what if he could do it and use up the film and the stock and all that. Huh. You know, at the time they had rental yeah. on all the equip other equipment and stuff. And so I'm like, okay, I have to see this movie. So I watched it. And for years I was trying to find it myself. And finally I found it on DVD years later. And I even talked to Brink about it at a convention one time and she had had a hard, hard time finding it. But she's I remember she said, I think I might have a copy of that somewhere. <laughs> but uh, she's such a nice person in person. In person. Nice person in person? Nice person in person. Yeah, she is. She's very, very personable to people and, and loves meeting and talking with all her fans. And Yeah. I haven't seen her at a convention in a lot of years, though. I haven't, well, I haven't been to one that she's been at to see her. It's always, always a pleasure. Yes, indeed. Know? But yes, I am a huge fan of Brink Stevens. So it was a joy to see her in this in her first film. Yes. Sad that she wasn't in it longer. Yeah, she's the second kill, I think. Second or third. Second, I think. Yeah, yeah. that might be right. The first one is great. That was the Unexpected. girl in the... The girl in the... The, the phone... Yeah. Repair uh, man. Repair, repair person. Yes. <laughs> that Which, you know, that kind of surprised me that they chose a female repair person. I mean, not that there aren't plenty of them, but, you know, typically when they p yeah. put people in that role, it's a male, you know? So, yeah. well, it was just neat. for the plot to move along, yeah. they, they put her, they had it being a girl because the high school They needed to have the guys her. hit on her, yeah. He was hitting on her and she was like thinking, you saw her when he walked away, she looked like, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but the way they set that up was awesome. Her, I her loved kill it. Her great. There, she's standing beside her van, and she she opens the door. Yeah, and you see her in the background because we're focused. The camera's focused on the 
two high school boys walk in away the talking about her in the yes. foreground. And in the background, she gets yanked into her van. The door slams the shut. The door slams shut. And they turn around when they hear the door slam shut. But of course, she was just putting her stuff in her yeah. van. So they don't and they think turn anything back around. of it. So they turn back around and they're talking to each other about her. And you see the van her. start shaking. Yeah, you see the van shaking. And then in the rear window, you see her with her hands up against like the window screaming. she jumps up against screaming. the window like, help, help. And then she gets pulled away from the window. Yeah. And it's really small in the background. So yeah. if you're not really paying attention you miss it but it was great it was a great that scene. hooked me right there for yeah. the rest of the movie yeah and of course then you get to see her killed or whatever too but yeah, yeah. it was really funny just yeah the way that was done was awesome it was good and you know again this is a very low budget film but overall it was it was done really well little things yeah. like that you yeah. know and then you go on we meet the other characters the one girl who is like the the best on the the Best new girl. The basketball team, She's Valerie. the new girl in town, Valerie, yeah. She doesn't get invited to the slumber party because one of the girls doesn't like her because yeah. she's the new girl. She so. does still get invited, but against the, the popular yeah. girls. But uh, she's at home kind of babysitting her, her 12, 13-year-old sister, Courtney. Mm -hmm. Courtney. Who figures into the story much later. Yes. And uh, she's just a real kid that age. Yeah. And their their dialogue between each other and some of the stuff they it's say. It's really natural. It's it, very yeah, sibling. And it's the way kids talk about yeah. about boys and about sex and about just I'm sure there would have to be a disclaimer put on it now if it was on the Disney Channel. But oh, God. Yes, it was very normal. It was real refreshing to hear, to hear them talk like real teenagers do and not, you know, this homogenized version of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. But, but anyhow, we, so they apparently live across the street from where they're going to have a slumber party. Yeah, or a couple houses down or something. Yeah, because she can look out the window and see and see hey, the, the house. lights aren't on over there. Yeah. Why? You know. But we oh earlier we find out the killer, the escape metal patient. He uses a big drill. Yeah. I guess gas powered or electric drill, but one of those big I don't know the concrete bit or what you call it. Yeah. Massive, you know, meat turning bit. Yeah. <laughs> So then we go on, the girls are having the slumber party, and the guy has, I don't know how he found out about her, why he went there, how he ended up there. I of don't all know. the places in town, he could have gone and killed people. Yeah, I don't have a clue how he ended up there. It doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. So the girls are having the slumber party, and I think there's a brief bit of nudity there. One of the girls is changing into her nightie or something, or two of them are changing in. Oh, they all decide to change in yeah. the middle of the living room while they're having drinks. Like girls do. Yeah, they're all parties. just in the middle of the living room changing. And of course the two the two boyfriends or whatever for two of the girls decide they're gonna crash they're the gonna slumber crash party. the slumber party. So they sneak up and are are peeking at them through the window. And they have this whole dialogue about how this must be heaven <laughs> yeah. to watch them all change. And jump around. Well, at naked. that age, it is. Well, at any age, it would be, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, shenanigans ensue. Indeed. And then later on, of course, oh, one of the best lines in it: they order pizza. <laughs> you almost missed it. I did. You had to go back and watch that. I had to I, rewind yeah. it so you'd catch it. This is such a great line. Doorbell rings, and so it must be the pizza. And the guy inside says, "Yeah, you know, outside the door." But just before him, his door, he says, "What's the damage?" And the guy says, six, so far. <laughs> and they open the door, and the pizza guy's eyes are drilled out, and he falls in the door, you know. Dead. And they're like, oh! They, there's nobody out there, but they pull him in real quick, because just his feet are hanging out, instead of throwing him out, and they yeah. shut the door. You're oh. not going to eat that dead guy's pizza! I feel better already. Really, I do. 
Well, you know, but, it's funny. And there were. There were six kills up until that point. Because of the pizza guy. Yeah. So, you know, as soon as I heard that, Rob was in the other room because he went to get a drink or something. Yeah. I heard it and I just cracked up. And in my head, I'm thinking, wait, there was only five. Because I was thinking it, maybe it was the killer on the other side yeah. of the door. I didn't think about it that it was the pizza guy. I don't know why. But anyway, so I was like, wasn't there just five so far? And then he opens the door and it's the pizza guy. It's like, oh, you have six now. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm cracking up and I was like, Rob, did you hear that? We had to rewind to watch it again. It was great. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> that was the best line in the whole damn movie. <laughs> it was really funny. But then, you know, and the movie, of course, at that point, they try to call out. He shows him outside the cliche, snipping the phone line and. Then the two two guys decide, well, maybe if we split up, we each run in separate directions. Yeah, we can get help. We can get help. And they do, and this is kind of ridiculous. Stupid Ti- Time-wise, it just doesn't work out. Where the one guy runs and the killer catches him. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's working on this guy, the other guy's getting further and further and further away. Yeah. I mean, log- it would. Yeah. You know. And the killer wouldn't be able to catch up to him. But he kills this guy as he's knocking on somebody's door. He pulls him out, and they st- struggle, and he kills him. And he's in the bushes, and of course the guy comes out, and there's nobody there. And then the other guy, the killer catches up to him and kills him, which yes. is, yeah, that's that's a little stretch. But you got to catch them all. Yeah, if he had not been, well, they could have done something it's like, like Pokemon, apparently. Yeah, him, somehow that he wouldn't have been kept going, somehow. That he got yeah. caught up with something. Yeah. That was my only really thing about, like, eh, yeah. Know. The rest of it I can give, and it was it's a lot of fun. And then there's what? There's just three girls left right now, right? There's four girls in the house at the slumber party yeah. alive, and then the one girl calls her boyfriend to come over, uh, handsome, whatever his name is. Yeah, and he shows up. Actually, this happens before the other two boys split up. That was pretty funny. She get well, that would have been three girls there. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, she's going to go have sex with the boyfriend in the car, in the garage or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I forgot about that. Yeah. She goes out there and she's like, I, I told them that I told them that we would be back soon or something like that. And and she leans over to kiss him and his head falls off. Yeah. The killer had got to <laughs> Somehow he didn't use a drill this time. He cut the guy's he head cut off. cut his head off. Or maybe he drilled it off. I don't uh, know. Anyway. Yeah, so by then, yeah. that's when they learn, of course, that um, yeah. there's a killer. And, then and he gets her at that point, He gets point her, too. yeah. So then, now there's three girls left yeah, and in the house. One by one, he picks them off, picks two of them off. And then the next door neighbor girl comes over. Yeah, Valerie comes yeah. over with Courtney, and they're trying to find out what's going on. Because in the meantime, not that this really matters, but we're going through the whole thing anyway. Yeah. In the meantime, the uh, the coach of the basketball team has been oh, in yeah. contact with somebody over there somehow and gotten cut off or something. And she's suspicious and wants to know what's going on. Yeah. So she asked Valerie to go check in the house. And she said, never mind. I'll go I'll go check because she realizes, you know, I'm sending Valerie into a dangerous yeah. situation thinking something's wrong. So she drives over on her own. And the gym coach gets killed. So the the gym coach Well, you think she's gonna be okay at first. Yeah. But then she she saves one of the girls and she gets killed. Valerie and, and Courtney. Courtney are in the house. Courtney's hiding under the couch. Yeah. Which that must be a really tall couch, but whatever. <laughs> Courtney's hiding under the couch, and she can see the killer's feet. And she can see by the killer's and... feet. And Valerie comes after the killer, 
and the killer gets on top of her and is just about to kill her when the girl oh, who the lives, there, lives there, whose name I cannot remember I now. Remember. She looks like Valor. They kind of look the same. Yeah. Shoot. But she comes running out with a kitchen knife and stabs the killer in the back. Yeah. And he falls off and we're like, oh, we're like, we're watching it going, no, keep stabbing. But no. <laughs> no one and done, you know. Yeah. But she does that and the guy rolls off and they like, oh, they get up. Oh, oh. And of course he gets up. Yeah. So, the, well, then, you know, Valerie's outside and she's crying. I don't remember how they all end up out there. Now it's a little well, vague in my head. the killer chases him out. Chases chase her out, him there, out there. Like knocks the other girl down. <laughs> yeah. I can't something. remember. And it's get, blurry in my yeah. mind now. Anyway, it ends up two of them right by the pool and it's Valerie and the killer. He's about to get her. And then I think the chick comes back out again with the knife again. Yeah. And Courtney's out there. and Well, he loses a hand. And oh yeah, yeah. Valerie yeah. grabs a machete. Yeah, and, and then he and loses slices his hand. hand off. Falls into the pool, and he falls on the machete or something. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. and he ends up he ends up in the pool, and apparently they ruined that pool. It's mass chaos yeah. and bloody pool. Yeah, and Courtney's <laughs> they're crying and traumatized, and the other girls crying, and Valerie's crying, and the end. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. It, yeah. That last ten minutes is just. Kind of back and forth and chaotic, yeah. but but yeah. like I said, anyway, it's he not, ends up dead. It's not slow. No, it's not. There's it's, it keeps moving it the whole going. time. Yeah. Now that's fun, it, and it's short movie. It was what like I don't know. It was only like an hour and ten minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty cheap. the The ending was was reshot. Oh, was it? The pool scene was reshot. Apparently, it ended. I think it ended in the house or something. But they wanted to make use of the pool and thought it was be a little more dramatic or something like that. So they reshot <laughs> that. Is that ending? Well, I like the pool, so good, yeah, good choice. The, the body count was twelve. Twelve by the end. Twelve by the end, yeah. And a couple of interesting things that I found out: the soundtrack to that, yeah, was all done on a little Casio keyboard. No way. And actually, a Casio MT40. Oh my goodness! Yes. So pay attention to the soundtrack when you watch this. <laughs> When the the one jump scare that's a that's a ha ha gotcha when the person's drilling the peephole through the coach's door yeah and you think it's the killer first yeah yeah the per the maintenance girl that was doing the the drilling there yeah was one of the set designers oh okay so she got a that's little, appropriate little nod on the on camera there cool this was originally written to to be a parody of slasher films but the producers decide they wanted. It to film it as a straight film, not a parody. Huh. So there's some unintentional comedy in it, and a yeah. little bit of like the scene where the the first kill is kind of funny. Yeah, you know the way it's done, where they're totally oblivious to what's going on behind them. You right, know, little things like that could have been played up funnier. Mm -hmm. And it was a let's see, oh, it was a, originally titled "Don't Open the Door," hmm. the working title before they okay. released it. I like now, Slumber Party Massacre. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a bigger sell. There was actually a scene that got cut, though, where the girls are using a Ouija board at the slumber party, mm -hmm. and it spells out death. Why'd they cut it? It, it slowed down stuff. the pace of the movie Well, completely. yeah, I can see that. If you watch the movie, you can see how that would have done it, because it does. It's moving at a, at a really good clip the whole time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a well-done, low-budget slasher movie. Yeah. There's yeah. no great shakes. It's not Halloween. You know, I didn't say this to you 
earlier, I don't think. But yeah. At, or maybe I did say it, but as all that was going down and Courtney's under the, the sofa, at some point I was like, well, I guess she's traumatized now. Yeah. Little <laughs> did I actually did you say, know. did I say that out loud? Probably, yeah. I think I did. Anyhow, so then we Which move brings on us to... to Slumber Party Massacre 2. Yeah. If you go, don't go all the way. God, anybody got any tranks? 1987, yes. Slumber Party Massacre 2 was released, and we pick up the story with Courtney now as, I guess, a senior in high school. Yeah, now she's 17, I think. Yeah, yeah. and she was 12 in the first one. Yeah. 12, 13, something like that. And here, Crystal Bernard, mm-hmm. from everybody will know from Wings and a lot of other things, cute, very cute girl, is a baby in this, mm-hmm. is Courtney. Right. And the story opens up, we find that Courtney is in her, I guess, senior year in high school. She's in a band, mm-hmm. a girl band. And Valerie was traumatized and is in a mental institution because yes. of the events that happened. But Courtney is dealing with it. Right. Even though she has nightmares, reoccurring nightmares of what happened, of other weird things, and of a rockabilly Andrew Dice Clay looking guy in a Bon Jovi jacket carrying this insane crazy multi-point <laughs> electric guitar with a long drill all coming off the headstock. Yeah. It's goofy looking and awesome looking at the same yes, time. Yes, it is. You know? Yes. The first time she opens to her nightmare, which is like right at the beginning of the movie, the yeah. first nightmare that we see she has, there are scenes from the first Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah. And I was like, well, she's having nightmares of, of what happened, of course. Yeah. But then there were scenes I didn't recognize. And so I rewound it and was like, are these scenes they cut out of the first movie? And then, of course, had I just not rewound it, we would have realized <laughs> that, no, they were apparently premonitions. So Yeah, so it's all mixed in what's going on in her head. Yeah. Uh, the the movie goes on. The, the basic plot is the girls in the band... Her friends, uh, one of the girls' dad just bought a condo mm-hmm. in this new area that's building up, and there's nobody going to be there for the weekend, so they're going to go and stay in this condo. Yes, and have like a weekend band session. Yeah, and practice with the band, and the boys are going to come over, and they're going to, you know, Drink and party and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like you do. Like you do. Hey, slumber party. Yeah. So there's the title. Yeah, there you go. So that's what's going on. Now, she keeps, ha- Courtney keeps having these daydreams these she'll just kind of blank out and have these visions while everybody's going on about this driller killer rockabilly guitarist yeah and sometimes they start with daydreams about this guy that she's madly in love with yeah she has these who happens to actually be interested in her too and they just started dating yeah and they're real you know innocent like 50s almost or yeah style where He's running on the beach in slow motion with no shirt on. Yeah, or playing football or frisbee or yeah. something. I don't know. And they're just it's real innocent and yeah. you know, cute and stuff. And then Driller Killer breaks in. And corrupts the dream. Right. And, and this happens repeatedly to her and it gets more intense. Her her experience with these dreams is into where she thinks it's really happening. Like something just really happened, but she was having a, a vision, like the one where she's up in the bathroom and she's taking a bath and then all of a sudden blood starts coming out of the faucet. Right. So she runs downstairs and the girl, the drummer girl goes back up there with her and the water's clear and it's just getting ready to run over. Right. And then the 
drummer girl complains about a, a zit on her face, which we can't see. Yeah. Yeah, she's, but she can see it. But Courtney all of a sudden sees her this growing, massive, like, tumor-like zit like taken over her face. the whole side of her face is a tumor. It's, yeah, starting to fall off, and then it pops and spews so her head basically explodes and she dies. Yeah. And she runs downstairs and screams that she's dead, and they come back up and she's fine. Yeah, well, they, she's missing, actually. Oh, yeah. We don't have to get that detailed into the plot. Yeah. Come to find out, she went she went to get some Oxy-10 for this. Yeah. <laughs> and she comes back later. But she's missing, and they can't find her for a while. And things repeatedly happen like this. Now, this one, this is weird. It struck me weird watching it, because, you know, I look for things like this in films. In the first film, a slasher film, there's a you know a lot of topless chicks in the shower, and then at the slumber party they change, and because that's that's formula for these movies, right? You know, in this one, there's only one topless chick. Yes, and it's kind of forced. It's very forced. It's not like it's a shower scene, or it's not like they're doing the. They're having. Do you know what they're doing? They're having a pillow fight. They are having a pillow fight. They have opened a bottle of champagne and sprayed it all over themselves and all over the furniture and all over the brand new carpet and brand new room. Yeah. And they are, they ripped open a pillow and are having a pillow fight. And what happens? The two guys that are going to crash the party, TJ oh God, and the guy. other guy, have decided to peek in the window. They're, they were just... supposed to show up the next day, but they show up early. Yes. Just like in the first movie. And they're peeking through the window. And what do they say? The, the same exact line. same line as the first movie where yeah. what something like, this must be heaven. Yeah. Like, I swear, it's the same exact line. But And that figures into a theory later on. Yes, it does. But they're, they're having this pillow fight. And then one of the girls, just for some reason, takes her shirt off and takes her bra off. Yeah. And then starts snapping her bra at the other girls. But it's like, it's not. There's no reason. Why did she? I'm not complaining, mind you. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's no just kind of weird. It's like, it's very cliche. And yeah. everything that happens in this movie is very cliche. Yeah. And almost by the numbers, more so than the first movie. Yeah. And, and noticeably so. It's almost like somebody, somebody's never seen or heard of anything. Or, sorry. Somebody's never experienced this for themselves and they've only heard about things that are supposed to happen at slumber parties or yeah. somebody, you know, and so that's what's happening. Yeah. And also, a lot of the kills are the, happen the same way they did in the first movie. Yeah. You know, which is was kind of odd because to me it seems like, oh, that, you're watching it at first going, man, that is so cheap. They're just repeating those things. Mm -hmm. But as by the end of the movie, you're like, oh. Wait a minute. Yeah. Because, like we said, she's having these visions of this killer. And you're not sure. Is is this like a Freddy Krueger thing? Is she having these nightmare visions and this guy is coming out of them? And yeah. And real and killing these people? Well, my first thought... Or is she the yeah, killer? that was my first theory. My first theory was she has lost it from all the trauma she experienced and she has turned into the killer. Yeah. But then, by the first time there is actually a killer yeah. or a kill... Which I might add is very late in the film. That this goes on a long time before we yeah. get a first kill in this movie. That's one of the big differences between these movies. This is kind of a slow burn, but kind of a like, oh god, just get on with it. Yeah. Where's the killer? When's now, it something going to happen? I wasn't ever bored. No, no, but cause, there cause, was hardly anything yeah. happening as far as the slashing. <laughs> Whereas the first movie, it starts off boom. Yeah. This one, it's like it takes 
almost half the movie before a kill happens. Right. But so by the time there is a kill and she comes running downstairs and there is actually the guy. What? what well, we're going to call him Buzz because yeah. of the stupid song. Driller Killer. Let's buzz. Let's buzz. <laughs> That's a whole song. Oh, You, you yes. must experience that for and yourself. You will in just a moment. The joy for Let's Buzz. Baby, do you like my sound? Let's buzz. Let's buzz. So there's that. But yeah, so he's real. He's there and she's there. So it's not her. There's really a guy there, yeah. and everybody sees him. It's not just her. Yeah, um, but it, but you're you're watching this going. Where the hell did he come from? Yes, because it's never he shows up. He's it's just never there. explained in the context of the movie that she is dreaming and manifests the guy. That, right. That's never. It, you're never really allude. It's never even alluded to. Right. It's something she says that this about this guy. Nobody's ever seen him or heard about him. Right. In, in the movie at all. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's there and real. It's like, why yeah. is he there? Where did he come from? Yeah. Where did and he get that damn guitar? Exactly. And in her dreams, he keeps saying stuff like... Um, well, he's using song lyrics. He Yes, he uses titles. song lyrics. And he says something about, I am you and you are me. Walrus, but yeah. Well, right. But I'm just trying to think of the things he says yeah. that, are, that are key points. Oh, yeah. But that kind of um, makes you think, well, maybe she is the killer. Right. And, she and is, this is... What's the one he says about... Going all the way. Don't go all the way. But there was something a something prior to going all the way yeah. that made it sound like a something will happen if you go all the way. I can't remember yeah. exactly how that comes about. But she hasn't had sex with this guy yet, and I, I think she might still be a virgin. I'm not positive. Yeah. When he comes over, yeah. whenever they're together, all they do is like moon-eyed each other. Yeah. And I think they kiss. They kiss. And he sleeps in the bed with her. Yeah. But they don't have sex yet. Right. And well, because she's like traumatized because of the kills, because he shows up after the first kill. Or, yeah. No, after she thinks of there's a kill. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. So, yeah. So things are happening in the film that don't really make a lot of sense as far as the physical world. So at one point, Buzz is at one point at one side of the room and then they run to the other end and he's just suddenly there. Mm -hmm. He never runs there. He never comes around from another room. He's just there. Yeah. So it makes you wonder if it's really happening yeah. or if it's a dream. It goes on like that. You're not sure, is this really happening? Is it really, is it just a dream? But they're all experiencing it now. And they each one get killed off systematically. Yeah. And in the middle of it all, there's a musical number. Oh, well... There's a couple musical numbers. The band plays a couple one, of them. Well, yeah, but, but the, then Buzz has Buzz's one. Buzz's musical number is is what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, is Let's Buzz. Yeah, which I don't know that anybody else calls him Buzz. I call him Buzz <laughs> because of Let's Buzz. <laughs> Wait, I think everybody else calls yeah. him the Driller Killer, but well, it's Buzz. The actor's name that played played Buzz is Atanas Illich. Wow, that's a name. Yeah, they could have used that. They could have. Yeah. Buzz. We'll, we'll just call him Buzz. Yeah, I like Buzz. <laughs> And, of course, it gets to the end where, you know, Courtney is the final girl. Yes. And, you know, the way that she dispatches him, she doesn't really, he just, he falls. I mean, she doesn't you know, turn the drill on him, I don't think. But, basically, he just kind of, it's not spectacular. No, it's not. He falls to his, his death out of the construction of the one of the other Yeah, uh, they're condos. running through the construction site yeah. and stuff, and yeah, and he falls. Yeah. 
So then, at the very end, we find out. <laughs> you see that Courtney. The the camera goes pans back, uh, is like zooms in on that pans back. It shows that Courtney is in the asylum. Yes. Not Valerie. And she's having a nightmare. Yeah, and she wakes up from the nightmare, which is the nightmare is what we just witnessed the entire movie. At least that's what it's leading you to believe. Yeah, and and then suddenly. A drill starts coming up through the middle of her floor. And it goes to black. In the asylum. And so then it goes to black. you're thinking, okay, is, is this a dream now? Yeah. Do we not know what's real? So now we're all wondering what the hell is happening. Yeah. Now, a few of the things that I read, you know, doing a little research on this, makes a lot of sense for me yeah. in the movie as to where, yeah, she is in the asylum. I think if they would have stopped with the camera pulling back and mm-hmm. not the drill come up through the floor, it would have been more effective. Yeah. It would have had more weight. Yeah, I think so too. the drill come up was like, oh, but if she just pulled back, you would have been like, oh man. Yeah. You know, but the whole thing was a dream. She was in the asylum. And it's like you said, the point you made about everything that happens in the movie seems to be a cliche from someone's point of view that has heard about all this stuff, but not experienced it. Right. And that would make sense if she went to the asylum, you know, not long after the events, mm-hmm. and she had not gone through puberty and not been through high school. This is her view of what high school should be like. She would have gone through puberty. Too. Well, you know, yeah, well, <laughs> socialized with people, I'm kidding. you know, yes, not gone through dating boys and all that yeah. stuff. This would be somebody's idyllic view mm-hmm. who hadn't been through it about this is what high school would be like. You know, you'd have friends and you'd be in a band and you'd or you'd have good looking friends and you'd have a boyfriend and it would be sweet and innocent and because she hadn't experienced anything else. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of stuff in there that, well, the whole thing is like that. Right. And the kills that she sees would be replays of the kills that she, that happened. That she's already had. You yeah. Know. Yeah. To me, I was like, oh, okay, now, because the movie is absurd. It is completely absurd. I mean, from the cover art of the poster to the you know, VHS box, you know, and all, that big monster red pointy guitar with the drill on it. And the, the crazy buzz dialogue and the continuous musical stuff that buzz does yeah. as he's as he's like uh that, running around yeah the guy just coming out of nowhere for no- don't get me wrong i love it oh it's, it's so much fun <laughs> yeah but the guy coming out of nowhere and no explanation or uh, alluding to any type of reason as to where who he is why he's there mm-hmm. where he came from why he's coming after them there's nothing there right for that which yeah. watching it as it's going on not knowing the end is almost you're almost kind of pissed off in a way because you're like what the f- what the hell is this yeah yeah this is so there's none it of seems, this makes sense it seems very inept yeah and like very bad writing but by the end you're like wait a minute maybe it was genius writing you know like we said it seems like bad writing because it's just rehashing everything else but like I just said a minute ago if it was if it is her replaying events in her head in this nightmare that she's yeah. having. And that's what it's showing us, but we don't know that until the end of the movie. Yeah. Then it all makes sense as to why, oh, th- why it is so disjointed and kind of haphazard feeling is because it it's a nightmare Yeah, that's going on. If you've ever had, you know, nightmares or any, even regular dreams, a lot of times they don't make sense. People just show up out of nowhere. Yeah. 
I had one the other night. Then yeah. all of a sudden, somebody was in the dream that wasn't in the beginning of the dream. How did they get there? But hey, we're here and we're doing this now. Yeah. And it, and from then that point on, it you're, yeah. you make sense. You and know? sometimes scenes do repeat exactly the way they have yeah. in previous things that have happened to you, previous things in your life or previous dreams or whatever. Sometimes exactly. you do get like repeats. So yeah, it makes you wonder, was, was the writer of this completely insane or actually genius? Yeah. You know, that's a fine line. So, <laughs> And I, I tell you, I bet you if we go back and watch it again, mm-hmm. after knowing the ending and talking about it in this, co- in this sense, this mm-hmm. context, I bet we pick up on more stuff. Probably, yeah. Which, again, watching it up front without any prior knowledge of the end or like what we're talking about. Yeah. It's just bizarre and out there. It is. And it has a huge cult following. Yeah, it does. You know. Yeah, Tony recommended that I watch this. I don't even know that he included you in the... You should watch it. He just told me one day, you need to watch this. Well, he probably knew I would watch it. He probably <laughs> did, but it, um, it was just funny. So anyway, uh, thanks, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> but I really did enjoy it. It was so much you know, fun and we'll probably and watch this again, because actually, you know, after we watched uh, Killbots, yeah. uh, Chopping Mall, mm-hmm. I think I think a couple days later, I went back and watched it again yeah. at lunch during one day and enjoyed it just as much. Yeah. You know, so we'll we'll do the, revisit both of these. Uh oh, incidentally the body count here was 7. 7. It's a low body <laughs> count in this one. Now, a couple of fun things in this. Well, was there really a body count, Rob? Okay, the the perceived body count. <laughs> now, a couple of fun things in this and another reason that you think, "Oh, okay, well, it leads you to believe and not not just being fun, nod nod wink wink that it could be a nightmares. Everybody has names of like from horror movies. Yeah. There's the two policemen that show up are Officer Voorhees and Officer Kruger. Right. Courtney, mm-hmm. come to find out her last name is Bates. Right. The next door neighbors who in the first movie were like the Johnsons or whatever are the Cravens. Right. The drummer is Sally Burns, mm-hmm. which is a tribute to Marilyn Burns, who was the last girl in Texas Chainsaw, mm-hmm. but she played Sally Hardesty. Okay. So Sally Burns. And two, oh, two of the girls, I think one of them, the drummer, I can't remember which one, her real name now, but two of the actresses, Juliet Cummings, who played Sheila, ended up being in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Mm-hmm. And Heidi Kozak, oh, okay, this was the drummer, Sally, uh, ended up being in Friday the 13th, Part 7, A New Blood. Hmm. So, you know, they did some other stuff. Cool. This, uh, I think this is relatively easy. Well, we watched them both. Didn't we watch them both on one of the Roku channels? Prime, I think. Pri- on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think we watched them both on Prime. I think. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. One of them might have been on Tubi. So if you've got the Roku, You'll you find can look them. it up. Yeah. yeah both of them, they're, they're easily, easily to watch on those. I am not. I think they're still available on DVD. I'm not sure. I need to look that up in Blu-ray. There is actually a part three. Believe it or not. Which I could not find on Roku. Yeah, so we didn't get a chance to watch that, to include that into this, to see if it's even connected at all. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows, you know, throw something on the Facebook page there. Yeah, or if you know where to find it, to watch it, that'd be yeah. great. I mean, I guess we could go look it and see if we could buy it. We haven't looked into it yet. Yeah. When we post this, I'll post a bunch of pictures on the Facebook page, but I have been trying to wean myself from social media for a while, for the addiction here for the last week or so, so... 
I may not respond quickly to the Facebook page, but I will check it and if uh, after we post this. And if anybody can tell me about Slumber Party Massacre 3 on there, that'd be cool. But like I said, I'll try to respond as soon as I can, but not as quickly as I normally do. So I'm trying to detox. Indeed. But yeah. Or, you know, what do we say? The email? Yeah. Email is phantasmo uh, ad at gmail.com. Yeah. Or right on the old Facebook page there. Indeed. Uh, and I still get notifications. Well, I don't get notifications, but I check it more often than Rob yeah. does. So we'll, we'll get back to you. Don't you worry. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it. So, yeah. Do yourself a favor. Watch both these movies. And it's more, I think it's yeah, more fun if you watch them back to back. So you can see the contrast in, in the two movies. Where yeah. the one is a straight ahead slasher, and this one is a nightmare dream, you know. Yeah, pretty much. But both are enjoyable and fun on their on their own, separately. <laughs> and you, you don't have to see the first one to watch the second one, yeah. really. Yeah, actually, that's when Tony recommended that I see two. That's what he said. And he's like, you don't need to see the first one to, to watch the second one. It, it's not necessary. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I watched them both, and, and I enjoyed them both for completely different reasons. Awesome. Indeed. Well, I guess we have one thing left to do, Rob. Okay, what is that, Phyllis? We have to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Okay, hit me. Well, I guess I can choose either film... It seems like we must have done Brink before. I'm sure we have. She's done over 200 films, Brink. so that'll be... That would be super easy. Why don't you do Crystal Bernard? Okay, Crystal Bernard. Crystal Bernard was in Wings. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was a few episodes of Wings that William Hickey was in. And I were actually Gilbert Gottfried played his nephew. <laughs> okay, William Hickey was the carnival barker uh, the ring toss game, you know, in mm -hmm. Remo Williams. Okay. Okay. Throw the hoop on a bottle, win yourself a prize. Okay. Remo Williams, the movie, they used scenes from that movie, and, you know, they made a TV pilot. Roddy McDowell played Chun in the TV pilot <laughs> of Remo Williams. So, apes. <laughs> Done and done. Once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around it Planet does. of the Apes. It does. So, you know, go watch the Planet of the Apes movies because they're amazing. Yes, indeed. All right. I guess that's all we got. I think so. So go watch uh, Slumber Party Massacre and Slumber Party Massacre 2 and let us know what you think. Indeed. Let's buzz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Till next time. Good night, everybody. Good night.